Hey guys, this is Alex Costa of AR Design Unholstered Podcast. This is episode six with Frank from Bull Creek Strategic. Uh, this is our second time attempting to record this because today's been shitty. Anyway, Frank, introduce yourself. Tell us about Bull Creek Strategic. Tell us about the gun shop you own and run and a little bit about your background and what got you to where you are today. Hey, hey guys. Uh... Name's Frank, like Alex said. So I own Bull Creek Strategic and Escarpment Arms. Uh, Bull Creek Strategic is a training company that's based out of New York State. And uh, we, we focus on handgun, carbine, hand-to-hand, uh, vehicle tactics. I mean, you name it, we, we try and bring real world onto the range. Uh, my gun store is Escarpment Arms, also a New York-based business. We are a full custom shop. We do slide milling, stippling, armor cuts, full-on bolt gun builds. Uh, you, you name it, we, we probably do it, or we have someone that does it for us. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's that. <laughs> so, when we first recorded, you, you kind of got kicked off. You said that, you know, you, you, you know, Tell us about your military background and what got you yeah. into training and how that was kicked off. And so, um, I spent a little over eight years in the army. I was in the 82nd. I was a paratrooper, love Bravo. Um, also was on a water insertion team, dive team, working with boats and stuff like that. Did that up until 2014. Um, from 2012 until 2014, I, I went to a private university, worked on my bachelor's in criminal psychology. Uh, after I got out of the military, I went directly into the private sector, worked for Triple Canopy from somewhere in 2014 until about 2017. Uh, Bull Creek itself, um, that was the way it started was uh, sitting around a fire pit with a buddy of mine kept talking about, Hey man, we need to do something different. We need to do something like there's a lack in training and there's a lack in education when it comes to martial skills in, in New York state. So, uh, I wasn't about it. I was too busy with uh, my deployment rotation and everything like that. I just didn't have time to do it. Uh, but when I'd come home, I would do private classes, like just for friends or people asking me to teach them how to shoot. I'd take them off the range or we'd go on the mats and we'd roll. Um, in 2017, I blew my knee out, got medevaced home, and that's kind of where the inception of Bull Creek came from was because uh, I was looking at something that I could possibly do that would keep me home or a backup plan. I always got to have a backup plan upon a backup plan upon a backup plan, no matter what you do. Like, you may be good at one thing, but have a plan in case that thing falls through. And that's kind of where Bull Creek came from. And at the same time, escarpment was being started too uh, i was drawing slide designs on napkins overseas um my buddy who worked for uh, ai he was their barrel guy for a while me and him were cutting slides designing slides putting them in front of slow motion cameras to see what mitigated recoil what what worked and what didn't work tons of mistakes tons of money lost and uh my one friend was like hey why don't we start a store i'm like no nah, i'm good i really don't want to i just want to do this for myself he uh, took the reins and got the FFL, did all the paperwork for it, and then uh, ran out of his basement for like three years. And then about nine months ago, um, I was looking for property because I didn't have a range, and all the ranges I was using would only last for a season, and then we would get booted for whatever reason, like whether it was the state, whether it was time, whether it was the private uh, 
members would get mad that we were there. So I ended up finding a property that had like 30 some acres and it's been a gun range for 60 years with a gun store up front. So it kind of fell into our laps and that's kind of where Bull Creek got its home range and Escarpment Arms got, got the storefront. Cool. How do you spell Escarpment Arms for people that can't spell? E-S-C-A-R-P-M-E-N-T. Escarpment Arms. Yeah, Escarpment Arms. Nice. Um, so are you just a gun shop? Do you have retail? Do you sell um, other accessories at your shop is it a full-blown gun shop what do you yeah do? so it's a it's a full-blown gun it's a full-blown gun shop we do gun gun shop full-blown gun shop we do <laughs> customizations like legit cut we, we don't build stuff like yes we do build stuff when it, when people ask for it to be done like we don't but we don't slap stuff together like we're dimpling barrels all all that good stuff like staking gas blocks like you, you name it, like we're, we're doing seracoding, stippling, slide milling, armor cuts, seracoding, uh, custom bolt gun builds, um, basically every aspect to customization you can think of with, with firearms. I mean, and it's not just the tactical industry, it's hunting. We do, we refinish old guns, M1 Grands, we just had an M1919 that we just redid. We've got a bar that we're working on. The bar is cool. Um, so one of our clients brought it in. It was his grandfather's that he actually stormed the beaches with. Like, That's cool. It was pretty freaking rad. And he did probably, he, it was demilled, cut in half. Someone tried to braise it. Someone tried to weld it. So we had to cut it. We uh, put it through electrolysis, cleaned it, re-welded it so the bolt actually moves. And now we, we couldn't blue it because the damage to the metal. So we're actually seracoding it. We're trying to find like the right color to use to try and get it to match. But um, that one was neat, man, because when I pulled that apart, like, the dirt that was coming out of it, like, was guaranteed dirt from, like, World War II. And, like, that, that was super, super rad to work on that gun. So, like I said, we do everything from full-on customization to refurbishing and refinishing. Why blew it? Why blew it? Just fucking scotch bright all the weld spots and just leave it fucking... No, you can't even tell where we welded it. Like, that's how, that's how good the weld is. But, like, we wanted to... Fucked up. Yeah, we wanted to blue it just to try and get it back to its original state, but the pitting that was there, it just it the guys it's gonna be a wall hanger. So yeah. we're just gonna do a light coat of Cerakote to make it look as original as possible. Oh, no, just leave it pitted and fucked up. That's what I wanted to do, but the 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 customer didn't want it done like that. It's my choice. I told him I was like, dude, this is rad, man. This shows history. Like, we should leave it the way it is. And he's like, I want it to look good on my wall. I'm like, it's gonna look good on your wall, man. It's a bar. No one has these. That's cool. Yeah, like, you, I want to see the scars that my grandfather put on it. Like, yeah. But you know, customer is never right. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fucking customers, man. Anyway, uh, so um, you know, you talked about, we were talking about earlier before the podcast took shit. Uh, we were talking about capabilities and how, you know, at Bull Creek, you want to teach capabilities, not just shooting, right? So, yeah, so martial stuff, yeah, hand to hand, blade work, um, you know, even down to, we talked about um, building fires and survival type stuff. 
Like that's super important. And everyone today on Instagram and social media is always fixed on fixated on how fast you can go and how much customization can I put into my gun to make it sexy, to make it mine, to make it personal. But these people don't know how to run guns. And then you take the gun away. What are they? What 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 are they capable of doing once you take that gun away? What if you put something else in their hands, like a shotgun or, oh, you got to go hunt now. Do you know how to hunt? Or do you know how to shoot a bow? Do you know how to defend yourself with a knife? Um, And and the problem with my opinion with today is not enough people get punched in the fucking throat for their mouth. Yeah. Or there's there's no repercussions for anything that you do anymore. You know, it's it's different, dude. It's different. Like we come from an age where if you run your mouth, you get blasted in the fucking throat. You're on the ground. Maybe you have to go to the hospital. Get your head kicked in. And oh, maybe I shouldn't say that shitty stuff anymore. But yeah. you know, we have a whole generation of kids that are seeing like this hyper. Um, not not discrediting the hype beast drop companies, but you got all these dudes that are just acquiring hype beast gear that is worth something now that's not going to be worth shit in 10 years that um you know everyone thinks it's a new hot cool thing and i'm going to bring back a word from our youth but poser (laughs) there's a lot of posing going on on instagram and there's not a whole lot of doing um and you know uh reddit and instagram and youtube gave all these people a voice that have no actual experience um yeah the, the people that have voices too like they have voices because they got on the platform when it started right. like they got on instagram when it was just starting out they got on reddit when it was just starting out youtube like all that stuff like that's how they got voices. So companies like, oh, these people have tons of followers. Like, that's what I'm going to roll with. Whereas then you've got guys who actually know what they're doing who don't have that because they weren't in it from the beginning because they were working. Yeah, but even breaking it down to basic, just people new to social media platforms that are getting into guns, they might fixate on one YouTuber or one Instagrammer and said, oh, this person said this and this is absolute. Whereas, I mean, I've never trained under you. Right. I really want to. I was going to try to go to Ohio, Ohio Range Day, but I'm not sure I can. But I've always wanted to to be instructed by you at a higher level class, not an entry level class. But yeah. um, to me, like someone, a person is measured in their capabilities. And I have trained under, fuck man, like hundreds of instructors because I'm really close to the Six Hour Academy. Um, yep. A buddy of mine. He used to dump 150k a year in classes there and and basically just pay my way to go take classes with him because he wanted a couple of his homies taking classes with him um so you know i'd show up for classes like twice a week for a year so uh take it a lot That's awesome. yeah it's great and i've learned under a bunch of different people seals green berets international dudes 22 sas guys like spent a lot of time learning from all these people and uh you know, uh, scout snipers and, you know, dudes have gone through like CAG selection and shit, like great stuff. And, but I'm not ever like, oh, this is the best instructor. This is the best. Everything he says is absolute. Like I, I didn't take a noner class, but I sat in on one because we're buddies and he was local at SIG when he came to SIG. So like, I've, I've seen like the spectrum, right? Yeah. The last class I took was a Tony Cowden class. You know, I've seen the spectrum and there's like, okay, I agree with this that Tony's saying, but I'm not, you know, this, this application that he's explaining to me, doesn't work for me. Like, it yeah. just doesn't. So and that's the thing is like all that stuff, like all that knowledge, 
like we're not teaching like all of us all the all the all the core i mean all the instructors are in the industry like nobody is teaching anything that's different from anybody else really like they what they do is they've learned certain ways to do things and they've learned how it's all about articulation yes is they articulate it a, a different way than like say i would or ian from room nation or achilles or arcane like it's just articulation. So we're all preaching the same stuff. We're just taking a different avenue to get there. So like yeah. me, I talk a lot about mindset, body mechanics, and muscles. Like these are the muscles you're using. This is why you're using them. This is the type of mindset. Because like I said before, shooting is 10% of the problem. The rest of it, 90% of it is all mental. If you can get past that mental barrier, shooting is simple. Because as one of my good buddies, uh, Teddy, always states is shooting is shooting. Like... That's it. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't don't try and make it something that's not. So like all these instructors, I mean, I want to take classes from all, everybody. Like I take classes all the time myself because, like I said, you're always going to learn something new. There's going to be stuff that's going to be reiterated. It's going to be the same, but they articulate a different way where it's going to click a different way. And you're like, oh, I like that. I'm going to take that and I'm put that there. I'm going to take that and I'm going to put that there and I'm going to utilize this stuff. Right. So we're talking minutia level variations between instructors. Um, you know, I, I like the Instagram instructors There's a couple of them that I do like, uh, my, I do have a favorite instruct. I, I do right now. I do have a favorite schoolhouse, uh, training facility. Um, but just because I, have trained with so many different people and I felt like I plateaued. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, for my capabilities and how much I put into it, you know, I feel like I've plateaued. Like I'm just, you know, making sure nothing perishes skill wise. But um I did go out to Ridgeline Defense in New Hampshire and those yeah. dudes those dudes I've heard, I've heard good stuff about them. Those dudes have taught me some fucking minutia level stuff that Alex Hartman and Rudy just pick up on. And they're like, has anyone ever mentioned this to you? And I was like, no. They're like, all right, try this. And I'm like, holy shit. And I mean, like, just sling work, like positioning on a yeah. sling on an uneven surface, like the side of a car on a, on a C-pillar. Or, um, you know, just a couple drills that now are part of my, like, daily regimen training it's then i started to see my fucking skill level go up again and i'm like oh fucking hey right let's do this so yeah these vehicle tactics that's probably one of my favorite classes to teach is is vehicle tactics because like that's kind of with what i did for work that was more i spent 90 percent of my time was in and around vehicles so well, i yeah. love teaching vehicle classes that's but, like life though <laughs> yeah I hate posting any content about vehicle classes. I cannot stand it because there's always people who are like, oh, well, you, you shouldn't do that or you shouldn't do that or you should be junkyard crawling off of the hood or the trunk or this and that. And it's like, you can't use a pillar. Like, well, bullshit. Like, a pillar covers this much of my body. That's pretty good fucking cover for temporary usage. Like, I'm going to utilize that because it's better than having nothing. Right. Well, you shouldn't be there. Like, well, it's temporary. That's why it's called temporary cover. It's metal. Metal's going to deviate or do something. But, like, yeah, I love that class. Well, but it's blocking your T-zone and your spine. I mean, there's not a yeah. spine shot there. But, yeah, it, it's and it's also a situation. Like, where is – who's shooting at you and what's their elevation? And, you know, yeah. It, it's it, – yeah. So there's so many people that have so many opinions of things. Um, there was one guy that I – one instructor. Why can't I remember his name? 
haven't, honestly, I haven't seen anyone post about him in a long time. Um, he was that cop that shot a dude. And um, he was a cop that shot a dude and everyone, he had a, something gun Jesus or whatever. What the fuck is his name? Why can't I remember his name? I haven't literally not seen anyone post about him in fucking two years. I don't know. He's got like a mole here, clean shaven. What the fuck is his name? Anyway, he was like, you know, he was at the time that he was real hot. It was like the Pat Max and the Noners and him. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember this training company name. Oh my God. Why the fuck can't I remember? Centerfuge? Yes. <laughs> anyway, has okay. he gone ghost? Like, I haven't seen any. No, so so he he um he's still in, he's still doing stuff. He's just focused more on law enforcement okay. courses. So like he's still doing VCQC classes. Like, I would love to go to a VCQC class for him just because I've had a lot of friends take it and they're like, Yeah, like there's a lot of really good stuff you can pick up from it, but that's kind of what he specializes in is law enforcement, VCQC. Okay, okay. Um, but to backpedal my point, I saw a video of him and I don't know if he did it as a joke, but he takes his pistol and shoves it through the air vent of the car to do a one-hand yeah. manipulation with the slide lock. And I'm like, why would you introduce foreign fucking broken plastic medium to your firearm when you can just rack off your steering wheel or rack off your center console like the gun is fucking you have a cup holder the gun yeah. is slide locked you can use your capable hand to get to a magazine somewhere and load it between your knees why did you have to blast it through the air vent he's like you know what air vents are fucking modified holsters bro bang and bangs it through and i'm just like yeah, yes but now, now there's broken plastic that can get in there and it kind of felt like um kind of felt like it was just one of those instagram high speed vibes that he was going for to like no dude that's a, that's that's a real that's a real thing man like that shit is done because you have to think about it like I when you get, huh when you get when you get into like an endorphin dump or you start having that huge flow of adrenaline you you revert back to your lowest form of training. Putting so a lot of the shit, huh? Putting shit in your gun. <laughs> yeah. So like you 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 just you mechanics become very complicated. So you look for for easy objects. So yes, you like poured like decking the steering wheel, but the vents like the vent we we utilize the vents overseas to do things because real quick like boom there. It's sitting there. It's good. It's stable. Like it's what I suggested. No, but if you're not processing things the way you need to process things, and that's the first thing you see, do it. I mean, it, I like, get the whole overcome and move forward kind of thing, yeah. but it it does seem like why induce an even greater malfunction if you don't have? Yeah, you possibly could. Yeah, like a broken piece of plastic getting under your fucking dust cover. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and getting into your recoil spring assembly and just completely fucking your life up. So, oh, yeah. I don't know. I I saw some gimmicky shit um, on, you know, not just his, but I just, what I see is like the Instagram instructor, there's a lot of gimmicky shit to try to rope people in. Theatrics, man. There, yeah, there's range theatrics. Where, range I missed theatrics. that Instagram page, man. That was a fucking funny one. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, range theatrics. So, but, it, you know, it exists. So, we were talking about capabilities before, um, you know, like being more capable person. Like I started learning how to hunt five, four years ago now. Um, and now it's part of my life. Like I'm yeah. always hunting now. I 
you know, whether I'm going on trips to hunt or hunting locally, hunting is now a part of my life. It's part of my family's life. Eating wild game is part of my family's life. Um, you know, you know, you and I were talking about what got us into firearms. I came from a family that didn't have firearms. They weren't like, you know, grossly against it, but no guns in the house. But I grew yeah. up Boy Scouts. Uh, I was we were, we were talking before about Boy Scouts and how, you know, I shot 22 at seven years old and started shooting the shotgun league through Boy Scouts and started winning like little events and um how Boy Scouts was so important to our ch- our childhood, you yeah. know, got your Tolton shit, which was like your carry permit for a knife in Boy Scouts and for an axe. Like that's a big deal. You got your fire permit. So you, your fire, whatever card, so you can make yeah. fires unsupervised. Um, you know, there's a lot of responsibility that you get in Boy Scouts and you learn a lot. And, um, you know, I was in a very mili- militarized <laughs> Boy Scout troop. We had um, a bunch of Marine, uh gulf war and bosnian vets and army vets and artillery captain uh as like the scout leaders uh, the parents that led the troop and everyone had hand-me-down m81 gore-tex and you know it was like the militarized troop when we rolled through for chuck wagon or klondike everyone was decked out in camo and everyone had you know hand-me-down fucking boots and shit so um, yeah so that's how it was for me like I grew up in a family that wasn't huge into firearms. Like I said before, like my grandfather was a Korean war vet. He was in the air force. Um, he was an Eagle scout. Um, my dad was an Eagle scout. My two uncles were Eagle scouts. My father-in-law, he's an Eagle scout. Um, I'm an Eagle scout, but, uh, guns weren't a huge part of my family's life. Like it's just, it was like, we grew up on the West side of Buffalo. My parents weren't necessarily against them. They just, we just didn't have them in the house. So when I got to boy scouts, like, I mean, all my friends, before that, like all my friends had guns because we moved out to the country. Like that's where they took us. And um, all my friends had guns. They were all into hunting. They were all doing stuff. I was the only kid that didn't have guns. And then Boy Scouts introduced it to me. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And then I started like you, like you did. I went to the shooting teams, like the 22 caliber shooting league. And then uh, I, just went, I went to summer camp the one time and was like, oh, shotgun. That's cool. Let me do that. And then I got in the NRA youth uh, trap and ski league. And my Boy Scout troop was ran the same exact way. It was all um, veterans from Gulf War, if not older, Vietnam. And um, they ran the troop like it was a platoon. Like you had squad leaders, you had squads, you, your your scoutmaster, your platoon sergeants, basically. Like if you didn't have your belt brass on brass, you did push-ups. Like they were super strict on how they did everything. So you stand up, progress when you talk to leadership. So we had a very high esprit de corps of who we were because we felt like we were better than everybody because we looked at everybody else and there were just a bunch of kids running around. But like here we were, like we marched in formation at summer camp out to the flag ceremonies where everyone else has walked. Like we actually marched. Like my my uh, scoutmaster played the bagpipes and would actually, we'd march the bagpipes out to formation. Yeah. Like, it was it was super cool. So then when I got in the military, like I had an idea of what to expect. So like other guys that were in basic and stuff like that were like, oh well, you're just a suck up or this and that, like you want to know it all. I'm like, no, it's it's just common life. Like you're 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 male, you're an adult, you're you made the decision to do this, like quit acting like a fucking child. Right. Like do what you're supposed to be doing so you learn more. Like it's it's that simple. So my scout troop was the same exact way. It was very military, very militaristic. And I loved that aspect of it 
And now with my kids and Boy Scouts, it's completely different just because of society where you can't yell at kids. You can't tell them to do push-ups because it's considered um, hazing. Hazing. Yeah, you're hazing. And I'm like, well, no, that's becoming a man. Like, that's the whole point. Of, like, that was the whole point of Boy Scouts. You need was, consequences. Yeah, to make, you a be- to make you a better functioning male in society right. is what it was designed to do. It wasn't designed to give you a trophy for fucking participation. Like, you earned everything you had. Like, if you didn't, if you couldn't start a fire with two fucking sticks, guess what? You didn't get that fire card. Like, if you couldn't qualify with a with a twenty two caliber rifle, you didn't get to shoot one. You didn't get your uh, merit badge either, you know? Yeah, you didn't get any of that. Those like, were your goals, like, stacking that merit badge sash. It was like, okay, what? And, and that's what it is. As a child in Boy Scouts, that merit badge stash stash is a physical, tangible representation of your capabilities as a kid in the yeah. Boy Scouts. 100%. It, these are your achievements, your accolades from, I mean, fucking basket weaving is cool as fuck, dude. Like making watertight baskets, making yeah. stools, uh, learning wicker and cane. Like that's super cool. Like some people might say, oh, that's fucking lame. Why did you want to do that? No, I wanted to make fucking something I could sit on. So I'm yeah. not sitting on fucking logs all the time. Dude, um, I mean, when I was deployed, like... We had to sew all of our stuff onto our sashes and onto our uniforms. So, like, when I was deployed, the gear that we got issued wasn't great gear. So, I would have to make my own stuff or we would have to adjust our own stuff. So, everyone's like, oh, well, who did that for you? I'm like, I did. Like, you sewed this? I'm like, hell yeah, I sewed this. Where do you learn how to do that? Boy Scouts. Boy Scouts. Absolutely. Started making all my own stuff. Absolutely. I mean, and I still look at Boy Scouts as a great representation of what men should be today, you know? Yeah. Um, fucking real talk, like capabilities as a person, like just because the whole world is fixated on super go fast, sexy, sexy range bullshit. You know, have you taken a wilderness survival class? Have you have you done your hunter safety course? And do you try to attempt to hunt or learn how to hunt? Maybe you don't have a mentor, but there's just going out in the woods with a fucking shotgun with the pursuit of maybe shooting an upland bird and yeah. watching some YouTube videos on how to identify what's good cover for whatever species you're going for. I mean, I, I just got a hunting puppy, but um, I've hunted without a dog for the last four years by myself. I will go out to a couple of places that I either were tipped off on or have witnessed. And I will literally just put in the fucking miles and I will walk three times farther than anyone with a fucking dog and push just as many birds and go home with a full bag at the end of the yeah. day. Like I limit out on Woodcock because I know a couple of places I've scouted that have good fucking cover and I know how Woodcock uh, act. And I will, I go to this old apple orchard and I push the, the trees are all tented from bittersweet. And I just walk, I just sat there one day and fucking watched and I, you know, woodcock are super camo, right? And then I start seeing yeah. them moving, and I'm like, okay, they're under, the, they're under the tents. They're literally under tents. So just walk slowly, kick the tents up when they fly, and they bust, fucking whack them. Um, and I, and I typically don't wear ear pro when I hunt birds. Um, but now that I'm gonna have a dog, I might actually start running my opscore amps again because yeah. I do want to protect my hearing because I have noticed um, I used to have constant tinnitus, like loud tinnitus and now it's getting quieter and that's not a good sign yeah 
and I mean, I wear ears from everything, everything's suppressed, but maybe even with ear pro, the volume of shooting, playing video games at night with headphones on and how loud those fucking games get. Like, I'm sure we're just breaking down our hearing long term. But anyway, oh, yeah. back That's, to capabilities. Yeah. Fucking so like life is going hunting. Capabilities. Yeah, like going hunting. Like, I mean, I've gone hunting where I've had friends like, hey, let's go squirrel hunting. I have friends like show up with shotguns. I'm like, what are you doing? It's like 22 or 17 HMR is what you need. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, I'll show you. We walk out in the woods, walk out for like a mile. We sit down in a good blind and find a spot, wait for them to come out in the morning to go get their morning nut. <laughs> as soon as they perch up, pow, take them out. You're, you're, you're utilizing, you're stalking, you're utilizing, understanding your surroundings, uh, your skill set for shooting, and you're using a 22 caliber rifle so you're not just blasting shot anywhere. You're actually using skill to do it. And like yeah, that's tree the, identification. That's, yeah. Habitat identification. They like yeah. squirrels like really, really big old trees with knots and holes in them. They can build yeah. nests. It the tallest tree in the area because they want the best vantage point for predators. Yep. You know. And fucking squirrels, dude. They're most active in the first two hours of the morning and the last two hours at night. And they taste good. Squirrels. I like deck to table, man. <laughs> they taste so good. Just chop them up, make my chicken wings, dude. But yeah, like the like you were saying, the whole wilderness survival thing too, like in Boy Scouts, that has saved. Like I can tell you, I can give you an example of one instance where that has saved like my life and like my team's life. Like did wilderness survival as a kid. Basically, like for people that don't know, like wilderness survival is you'll go out for two or three nights, and whatever you have on you is what you have. Right. And like basically, I had um, uh, a feral rod. Uh, uh, not like a pocket knife, like a utility, like a, like a Gerber kind of yep. emergency blanket and some water. And that's all I had. And basically we had to build a shelter. You had to find food, catch food, cook food. Did you not get an egg? Huh? They gave us an egg. We didn't get an egg. We get all that plus an egg. And yeah, we didn't get an egg. And you got the water. You can hard boil the egg. And reuse yeah, the they give us they're like, here, go forth and prosper. And we're like, all right. And, <laughs> and we were in Buffalo, so or like Western New York, so we were we weren't there. We were on the Adirondacks, but I mean, it gets cold at nighttime, so yeah. you utilize an emergency blanket with your fire. So, um, two thousand and two thousand late two thousand nine, we were up in the Pest River Valley. Um, well, I wasn't there yet. Uh, we got called. We got spun up to go recover. Uh, a unit that was down with an aircraft. So my team went out there. We had to set up on four different points. And we're like, all right, this is going to be an easy day. While, well, like, the DART team picks up the helicopter, like, we'll, we'll, we'll pull an overwatch. Cool. It went from, like, 50 degrees to raining to sleeting to snowing to hailing to fucking 30-mile-an-hour winds. And we are sitting at, like, 8,000 feet. Like, it was just ridiculous. It sucked. And one of my guys started, like, we ended up taking our climbing gear, anchoring it on one point of the hilltop, and then shimmying down 10 feet off the other side. So, roped ourselves in, covered ourselves with a poncho, and then ended up digging a small hole and lighting shirts on fire while we had ourselves wrapped in emergency blankets just to stay warm. Like, everyone's like, oh... Yeah, gunfights and this and that. Like, no, dude, there was none of that. It was just us trying to bear with the elements because we couldn't get, we couldn't leave our points from where we were. But at that point, no one else is going to be fighting you. So we're like, all right, well, we need to survive. And that's all we can do. So we wrapped ourselves in emergency blankets and burned t shirts until the sun came up. 
dude. And like, and like, so my guys are like, where did you learn this? I'm like, Boy Scouts. <laughs> like, it was in Boy Scouts. And that, that little wilderness survival class, like, saved our lives. And that's why I use that story to like explain to like the kids who are in my son's Boy Scouts troop, like, because they look at me and they're like, I carry um, a Hillcoat gear chest pack whenever I go hiking. And it's right. got, Compass, 550 cord with magnesium in it. I got ferro rods. I've got like a granola bar, a lighter, like all your basic essentials to go on a hike. So if you get stuck, you've got something. And I'll pull everything out and I'll lay it out and I'll explain it. And they're like, well, what's that thing used for? And then I'll tell them the story about the emergency blanket. Everyone's like, do those things actually work? 100%. Those things, it, like. Especially if you're butt naked. In every piece of gear that you have, you should have a fucking emergency blanket or a space blanket in there. Dude, well, butt the naked is the uh, best. It, being butt naked under a space yeah. blanket is the only way to go because people don't understand. Your body gives off UV light. Oh, yeah. So tons, you, want to, you want to contain that UV light, which creates your ambient heat. Uh, that's why they always say get completely naked, even if yep. you're with other people be completely naked up against each other under a blanket because it you're just generating so much uh, i mean it's a very small amount of uv light but it's enough with those space blankets to actually oh, dude, you'll start sweating yeah exactly like so like i literally keep an emergency blanket in every vehicle i have every backpack that i have because it costs what a dollar or something like dollar. it used to cost a dollar if i don't cost a dollar anymore but um i keep it everywhere no matter like every piece of kit that i have is there it's i have one of my plate carrier like in my in my my uh, my dangling, I've got one in there yep. with my with my med kit. So, like you said, it's just this that that martial skill set of just everyday survivability and knowledge is what people are lacking. And like like you said, it's shooting a gun is cool, that's great. But I mean, what happens if you don't have a gun? What happens if you don't have a knife? What happens if you're you're in some situation where you're not threatened by another person? You're threatened by the world. Yeah. Like, how are you going to survive that outcome? And that's kind of what we like to talk about in the classes. So, yes, we teach a lot about firearms and tactics, but we also do a lot of stuff where it's just everyday survivability. Right. I mean, it, it comes down to just not enough people are getting outside these days. Yeah. And COVID was really fucking stupid. And COVID made a lot of people soft. I know a lot of tough people, people that I've always looked up to that are now mousy and pussified i hate to say that but it's like yeah. what the fuck happened you were cooped up for a year in a house and this is what this is what happens to you you know we were outside yeah like literally like i did more with my kids outside this past year i mean besides we we're building the gun store and stuff but i mean i put the camper behind the shop because we have 30 acres so i put the camper on the range they'd come to the shop help me do stuff we'd sleep in the camper we put a tent up whatever it was but we were outside the entire time like everybody where i live we were outside, but then I talked to friends like you said you did, but like, oh, no, I've been in my house for like 10 months. Like, what? Like, that was your opportunity, your golden opportunity to like actually go outside and like learn things and work on skills and just be one with nature because being outside in fresh air. And well, no one did that. It's wild. Everyone was like lazy. Yeah, it's wild, dude. I have a buddy who I play video games with who I've never met in real life. He lives 20 minutes away. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Dude, let's get a beer. And New Hampshire has been open this entire time. Yeah. Like at least 50% capacity since last May for restaurants and stuff. They lifted our mask mandate, all this other stuff. 
No one gives a fuck. No one's dropping like flies. And this dude, he like won't even get a beer with me. He's like, oh, well, I have, you know, a one-year-old and and I just, I can't get my family sick. I'm like, dude, He's he told me in nine months, he only left his house to get gas and to go to uh, Sam's Club, Walmart to get food for his house. He's like, so it's lower our immune systems by by sheltering ourselves. It, it, dude, everyone is informed in a certain way, and I haven't had cable for like four years, and it's been the best thing I've ever done. Yeah, I, yeah, I haven't had it since 2012. Not having cable, um, yeah. but it 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 really makes me sad when you know you got friends like that where you're just like, hey man, like come over to my house. I had COVID. Everything's cool. Like we're safe environment here. We can go out and have a beer on my deck and have some burgers. Nah, dude, sorry, I can't jeopardize my family. It's like, holy fuck, dude, you're 20 minutes away in a state that has the lowest fucking COVID reported COVID, and we have um, no mask mandate. And schools yeah. are 100% open. Businesses are 100% open. They just open movie theaters. Like, let's get real. And that's a bummer too. I'm a big. I love the movies, and my favorite local movie theater chain bankrupt. That sucks. Uh, real big bummer. And it's funny, all the really shitty small movie theaters are actually doing well because they were renting out their spaces through COVID. So you could rent out a movie theater for 150 bucks, as many people as you want to come, and you just bring a Blu-ray and they'll put it on the big screen for you for two hours. Yeah. We were doing that this year. Um, that whole thing, like, that's what sucked about COVID was, like, the amount of small businesses that couldn't survive. Right. And I feel like, I mean... I tried at least twice a week to shop local or like go out to eat local or just take take out yeah, from these places. Well. You're yeah. doing well through this. Gun gun stuff went, you know, through the roof. And we it did, yeah. PPP yeah, gun stuff did good. We, very, very, very good. <laughs> when COVID first happened and we were like, we we're unsure that we were gonna have um you know, I was really feeling for my staff. So we were unsure if we were going to have supply chain issues. So I applied for the PPP loan the second I heard we could apply for it. We didn't know what was going to happen. We applied for it. We got approval and we got a lot of money, like a lot of money. But I've been denied like four we times. Were, what, what, you what? I've been denied like four times. Oh, Jesus. So we got a lot of money and we were making a lot of money. And I, through COVID, we actually expanded our business by four more positions uh, we grew by 300%. Um, and, you know, we applied for that PPP loan before we knew what was actually going to happen. And that's not, you know, but we we hit all the parameters. We actually used all the money for payroll within three weeks versus the yeah. six weeks that you were supposed to before they added all the extensions and stuff. We used up all the money in three weeks because my guys were working straight up 15 hours of overtime each a week. So I was that's burning awesome. I was burning down like $32,000 biweekly on payroll. Just yeah, like that's awesome. Like, I mean, if we dress from the basement to an actual storefront, like that's too. honestly what pushed it was we were getting so much business. And like I like I said, Joe, like he had the he had the escarpment arms, and then he was like, Hey man, can you start like working like yeah. at my house? And I was like, Yeah, dude, I ain't got anything else going on. Like, because training was kind of hit or miss at that moment. So I was like, Yeah, dude, let's do it. And then it got to the point where I was like, dude, this needs to change. Like this area is lacking like gun stores, like three other gun stores closed. So we're one of the, we're one of two like legit, like family owned gun stores, like fully fledged gun stores in Niagara County where I am. 
but we're the only custom shop probably in within like an hour distance until you get to Mike's place out in Rochester, which is an hour and a half away. So which is yeah, star tactical. Yeah, all star tactical. And the bunker? Do they still have the bunker? Yeah. Yep, the bunker. Mike just actually moved into, a, I think, like an eight thousand square foot facility. Wow. Yeah. It's funny. It's coincidental. I haven't talked about Mike in a while, but Mike texted me today. Yeah. <laughs> like coincidentally enough, you're on this podcast. You know, Mike. Fucking Mike texts me. Wait, like, that's bullshit. Because I called that motherfucker today, and he didn't answer. He was texting me because he wants holsters. Um, bitch. Actually, All Star Tactical was a dealer of ours. I don't. They haven't re-upped in fucking years. Um, dude, I got this knife. I got that fucking Elvia Emerson. Nice. What are your thoughts of these uh stab and drags? The oh, well, here, hold on. Give me one second. I'll shake mine. Hopefully, I don't stab my. These are cool. Right, so, uh, I run the the clinch pick that Craig Douglas came out with. So we're same concept as that reverse blade. Um, I dig it, like the whole concept behind it. Like this sits on my belt, so I mean you pull in up. I mean, it's not some people are against it, but I mean it's not meant to it's meant to create distance, like those type of blades. Like that's what they're meant to do is be able to create distance so you can get to your gun or you can get away if you have to. They're not meant to stab, 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 main kill. It's meant to cut, pull, and that person's like, oh, oh god. Tons of stuff is falling out. Like I need to hold this, and then you can get back and do whatever you have to do. But I'm a huge proponent of carrying some type of blade on you to protect yourself. And the reverse edge like that, Ian's the one who got me into them, and I, I love them. I think they're awesome. Well, I used to run like parambits, but you have yeah. to like punch and swing. I think the fucking calls are way better because yeah. if you're like closer, you can you can stab and drag towards you like yeah. you're not trying to push away and do this like weird stroking like i prefer this over a karambit but yeah the karambit the whole like finger hold and all that other stuff like i'm not a fan of that stuff like i used to like them and then sitting down taking a lot of pointer and strategy classes with ian i've realized that they aren't like yes it's better than having nothing but they're in my opinion there's something better out there which would be like what you have or what i have yeah, I need to take a knife class. That's one thing that anything, any skills that I have with a knife have literally just been self-taught. Um, like dude, Ian isn't that far from you. Yeah, dude, I haven't, I haven't hung out with Ian in a long time. Dude, New Hampshire's yeah. a fucking weird place, man. Yes, it's, it is. It's like we have all these super pro 2A companies, but there's also like the general gun dork, gun nerd, um, pseudo alpha fucking, there's like a toxicity in New Hampshire. Like, there's ego there's a lot of ego amongst companies here um you know there's a lot of ego not and it's fine i mean that ego drives innovation in my opinion at least in if you're a creator of things of sorts but let's just say the general gun dork that walks into a gun store um yeah there's there's a lot of toxicity like the gun stores in new hampshire all they do are they're so in, like they, they just talk so much shit about each other you know, yeah. I, I remember watching employees of one gun shop that doesn't exist anymore uh, going on to another person, another gun shop's Facebook and flaming them uh, with uh, slander. Like, why? Why do you care so much? Like, you got yeah, we try to work together. Like, why not work together? I have local gun shops to me 
that like their employees will drive the 45 minutes north to me to get guns yeah or to like buy stuff or just to come hang out like we're all about working with each other like mike like i sell a ton of mike's products in in, in the store like i'll drive out there and grab products like every other week like when i'm here joe goes out there like we're a community like we need to help each other out same thing with the training community is i take a lot of slack in this area because people are like oh well, that's all tactical like you don't even know any of that shit i'm like i'm not teaching anything tactical i'm not <laughs> i'm just teaching like a martial skill set like it just happens to be that i have a background that's very tactical but i'm not teaching that type of stuff like yes the tactics come with it and it, it yes you're learning a militaristic style of things but I'm in it for everybody. Like I've worked with a ton of small like instructors that have like just do one like just do private classes and they come to my classes and I'm all about it. Or if I go shoot with them, like dude, teach me something. Like I'm not against you. Like I'm not trying to take business from you. Like we need to work together. Like if you come take a class with me, don't just take a class with me. Find other people. I'm not the only one. Like talk to other people. Go see what they can do. And then you can make the decision for yourself whether you like their style or you don't like their style. But I'm not going to sit here and bash these mom and pops or these people that do onesies, twosies classes or just have an NRA instructor cert. Like, I'm not about certs like that. But if that's what you want to do, man, do it. Like, And I will yeah. support you 100%. Yeah, exactly, man. I mean, we sell to a lot of local gun shops and we've heard some gun shops being like, why you sell to them? Why don't you do more with us? Or... You know, it's like, as you don't fucking call us, talk to us, ask us to do stuff with you. We'd be more than happy to show up to like an open house day. Uh, I'm more than happy to send a, an employee over during an open house so people can answer questions about holsters and what's best for those people. Uh, we're willing to send staff over to do training in-house for that gun shop so that, um, you know, the, the gun store associates are more well-informed on our holsters. We do a whole program where if a gun store is carrying our stuff, um, all the full-time associates that work that section get free holsters so that they can wear them on their belt. And then people go, oh, that's a cool holster. Which one is it? And then they can go over and sell our stuff. Like we have a whole incentivized program. And a lot of these gun shops aren't cashing in on that. They're not, they're not capitalizing on it at all. Um, you know, they kind of like, oh, why did you talk about this company, but not us? It's like, dude, like, it's all a balance, you know? And I mean, you can ask Ian. Ian could tell you how toxic, like, especially in the early Instagram gun years, uh, yeah. there was so much back and forth banter between people and uh, manufacturers and local events in New Hampshire. Like, I'm not going to lie. I don't do any local events in New Hampshire anymore. I only stick to, like, the Hava, which is like, you know, the veteran suicide stuff and the aiming for zero anything that's you know like a charity i'll do like charity events because you know obviously i want stuff going to the right people that need it and the people that are in need yeah. but i avoid all the you know all the the cool uh events you know which would air quotes cool you know um i avoid all those now because it's yeah. it's they're poorly put together there's always drama, you know, or the range isn't set up the way it was advertised for when we get there and people, you know, there's a bottleneck of people wanting to shoot, but, you know, whatever. It's not an Ohio range day. Ohio range yeah. day seems like it's very well put together. I have not. And that's, been... that's what I was going to say was like, that's why Rick from Achilles started Ohio range day was to kind of get out of that aspect of insta-famous people or they're only there for the clout, where the fuck, clout, 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 whatever the fuck clout. it is. 
C-L-O-U-T. Yeah. yeah, they're they're only there for that, like Texas Range Day. Like, dude, I don't tell the people that watch Texas Range Day, but if you look at all the pictures and the media from it, it's all people that are huge in the industry. Like, there's no small no, people. No, there. it's not people that are huge in the industry. It's a bunch of fucking gun bunnies. I saw yes. it. I mean, I saw a lot. Yeah, I saw a lot of the fucking <laughs> photos from Texas Range Day, and it's the same five fucking people in all the photos. Yeah. Now, not then, some of those people I'm friends with. I mean, it's fine. Yeah, so it's good, good for them for getting their shit. But then there's a lot of people that you're like, why the fuck is that person even fucking relevant? Oh, yes. they got big pig boobies, or yeah. um, or you know, they hang out with these three people, and that's why they're yeah, dude. I saw all that shit, dude. That's why I don't do these range days because like, and I don't even want to be a fucking vendor. Because you know how many times yeah. I've done vendor at these range days and we sell like a handful of stuff? People already have kit showing up to these events. People show up to these events in full kit to wear their Gucci gear and kind of show it off and, you know, show off their ego. So I, I stopped. I stopped having vendor tables at these events. I just yeah. know maybe I'll bring like, you know, my operations manager, or my business partner. Maybe we'll show up and, you know, bring a handful of stuff that we sell out of the back of a truck. If people are at, like, oh, yo, do you got any of this with you yeah actually we do we got mad carriage for glocks we have yeah. you know i mean that's that's how we share with the people you know in our XRD is. yeah so like if you look at the media from ohio rage day there's not a ton of famous people that are there like rick goes through and like looks at like the people's names and looks at their media accounts or if they don't have a media account like they write a little blurb on why they feel they should be accepted to go right and that's how they get there like people who legitimately want to train right so what it is now is now you've got four instructors where you choose the instructor you want to train with and that's who you're with for the two days or whatever, or you're with this person one day and then you're with another person the second day and you're actually getting in eight hours each day with an instructor. And then after dinner, you're, or before dinner, you're doing like three, four hours of competition shooting in the bays. Right. And then RXRD is the same concept where now we're trying to travel to each section of the states like for each quarter we want to be someplace different where um you've got 60 60 students are accepted and then they you i've got 15 students in my class because i'll be in san bernardino next weekend doing a carbine class and i will have 15 students for eight hours straight on the range and then we'll have three hours of competition shooting after the fact where you can win stuff from whoever's sponsoring who like Axle Green Protection and Velocity Precision are sponsoring me for that event. So they're going to be, they're going to have Ear Pro out there for people to to buy or get fitted for yep. uh, Velocity Precision Triggers. They're going to be there. So I've been running the trees for five years. So if you want to try a trigger, like literally Tom, the owner, will be there. So he can drop his trigger into your gun in like five minutes. And then you can run the trigger at the class. Perfect. But it, and like that's, what it's all about is like building a community. Like the students that I had at the last art at the Q1 arts range day, they're still hitting me up in messages. They're still talking to each other. They're, they're scheduling range days for each other to go to just to have fun and just shoot some stuff. But like, we're trying to get the community stronger that, Hey, it's not about being fancy and doing cool shit. It's about like being with each other and learning new things with each other. Exactly. It, it, you know, and that's the thing, man. Like, I love, I love like the hype beast shit and all the Gucci gear and oh, yeah. most of the dudes that produce that stuff, the limited drops. I'm friends with all those people. I just acquire that gear because I want to support my friends. They yeah. support me. They get holsters. They do some posts every once in a while, and and that's cool. But what I've noticed in the young early twenties demographic right now 
is it's almost like a pissing contest of who's got the sexiest gear that they can lay out on the floor for Instagram and take a picture, you know? It's kind of like, oh, look, I got all this hard to acquire stuff and it's worth this much, you know? And it's like, you know, I I have a pair of Defcon uh, multicam black shoes that I beat the living piss out of, you know? And I've I've bumped into random people in the fucking airport and they're like, dude, you're wearing Defcons? Like, aren't those like super rare and expensive? And I was like, yeah, but who cares, dude? It's just, I got them for 120 bucks on a drop day and it's cool and they're comfortable and I wear them when I want to wear them. Well, that's why, like, I post, like, um, the last time, like, with me at work, like, I did one post with my gear layout where it was the Cry LVS Low Pro Play Carrier, a Spiritus Micro Rig, my Modern Material Checkmate Pistol, and then um, my 19, my 17, and that's, that's that was my kit, and people were like, that's what you wear at work? Like, yes, I don't have a ton of fancy shit. Like, yes, the cry carrier is fancy. It's not mine, but it's it's a low pro carrier. It, it works for what I need it for. Like, I just upgraded my actual over plate carrier two weeks ago. I had the same velocity carrier for like six, seven years. And I just bought a new one. Like, I run the piss out of my gear. Like, I've, I've had this... I've had this HTC belt for... Uh, six years like i've deployed with it i can't tell you how many times and i finally broke the the pistol the pistol pouch it cracked like right here and the boltron just cracked but it was six years old yeah like the thing has been beaten on forever but all that oh this do you see that uh this new thing got released oh you buy it Oh, this new thing got released. You buy it. Oh, hey, what do you think about this? I'm like, I don't know. I don't. I don't have that. <laughs> what do you mean you don't have that? Everything. All my. All my kit is practical. Everything that I use is practical for me for work, whether it's on the range or whether for it's my normal job. Like everything I have has a purpose to it. I don't just have a ton of random gear. Like yes, over the years I've collected a lot of stuff, but everything I have has a purpose to it. Like I put a law folder, I'm probably gonna get shit for this. I put a law folder on my pistol so I can keep it in my backpack. I don't, I took it off. Like I used it for that rotation for six weeks. I got back a couple days ago and I took it off my gun. Everyone's like, why'd you take it off? It added 11 and a half ounces to my gun. Like that's a lot of freaking weight when you have your laser, your flashlight, your optic, all that stuff. That's a ton of extra weight that I didn't want. So I went and built a PCC, a nine mil PCC with, I'm going to put um like a Tomahawk stock on it or like a PW stock. So it's small enough. It's awesome. Like that's, I, like I said, like it served its purpose for me. I thought it was pretty neat, but I didn't like it for the weight. And people are like, oh, I can't believe you, you don't like it because of that. Like just get stronger. Like, dude, <laughs> it, 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 that's not the point behind it. Is, exactly. <laughs> It's an extra 11 ounces that I don't want to carry. Like, I've done my time. I've I've carried 70-pound rucksacks on mountains. I've carried a full-size M16 with a PEC-2 laser and a fucking ACOG. I've got the ACOG on my shelf right here Yeah, dude. that's sitting there, like, painted and shit. Like, I don't want to do that anymore. So I'm trying to be as lightweight, as minimal as possible. So that's why I took it off. Like, is the law folder, do I like it? Of course I do. Other issues with it? Of course there is. If you're running suppressed, you're going to get a ton of gas in your face because there's a crack in the back of the gun where the seam is. I didn't like that. So that's one of the other reasons why I took it off. Not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just for my application, it doesn't work. 
Exactly. Exactly. Dude, I'm super excited right now. RSR just sent me a message saying they got a bunch of nine millimeter for me. Yay! Um, I get like twenty boxes a day from them. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Not ammo. Just oh, no. I no. dude, I have had a hundred thousand rounds on back order since last June. Yeah, I had ICC ammo back in like August, probably about twenty thousand rounds that I just finally got from them, like four days ago. Oh, if you get any 17 HMR, let me know. Do I have some right now? I might know. I got a new 17 HMR squirrel lightweight squirrel gun from CZ. Nice. Um, with a can on it. Uh, yeah, I need 17 HMR. Uh, I'm on the hunt for 40 grain 22 and uh 130 grain burger gold medal match federal 65 Creedmoor. That's what I shoot for matches, and yeah. I haven't gotten a delivery of that since September. See, I shoot um, Hornady ELD 140 match, like for my my AI. But anything over a thousand, I have hand loads for. Yeah, just... yeah. That gold, that 130 grain burger gold medal match stuff from Federal is so fucking nice, dude. And it runs. Yeah, I've tried it, dude. I'm. It's chronoing out of my guns at twenty nine seventy nine. Nice. So that's quick. What kind of car do you have? Uh, I have a lab radar, lab radar. Yeah, um, because I shoot suppressed Thunder Beast, I have to run a trigger system, uh, um, an accelerometer trigger system that I got off Facebook, off this dude that three D prints, uh, like a little, it's like a square box with a with a glued in wire sticking out of it, and it's an accelerometer trigger. That plugs in in the 3.5 millimeter slot in into the lab radar and i have to like gently loop it under my scope and then if i load the bipod too much it won't pick it up so i have to free recoil shoot off the bipod so i just put on the bag and tap the trigger <laughs> to get my velocities because my gun's so quiet because i'm running a 24 inch krieger bull barrel match barrel uh thick boy uh with a thunder beast Ultra 9, 6.5 Creedmoor, or 264 diameter can. So my gun's actually hearing safe uh, when I'm shooting yeah. it. So If you can read a barrel, I mean, my my guy that does my barrels turn barrels for AI forever. No, that's cool. I go through Kelblees. I'm kind of yeah. like, I wouldn't say sponsored, but I'm like a business alliance with Kelblees. Yeah. So they, they, they fucking just charge me for the blank and yeah. uh, for, for a little bit of labor um, for my barrel. So I get my barrels pretty cheap. Um, I also am a dealer for Shillin, so I get barrels through Shillin as well. Um, they take forever, though. Shillin takes like nine months per barrel. You yeah. know, they'll, they'll tell you two weeks. You get it nine months later. Um, That's kind of like, like, like my checkmate for Modern Material. Everyone's like, man, I really want that Bull Creek checkmate for ModMat. They're like 14 months back ordered right now. Exactly. Sucks. <laughs> well, Frank, we've been doing this for a long time. Since we had to record a second one, um, <laughs> is there anything in closing you'd like to say? Get out there, shout out your business, shout out your website, your Instagram. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm Bull Creek Strategic at Instagram, Facebook, uh, website is bullcreekstrategic.com. Check out some of the, the stuff that we have going on with uh, Achilles Heel and Arcane Group. Um, we've got RXRD. Q2 in San Bernardino, California next weekend. Uh, we're looking at doing Q3 sometime um, probably fall, like September-ish. 
Um, if you're looking for instructors to come out to you, you can get a group of people, man, we travel to. So hit me up, DM me, shoot me a message on uh, my website, whatever. We love to travel. I mean, this is what we do for a living. Like we, we love it. We enjoy it. If we didn't enjoy it, we wouldn't do it. I mean, if you have general questions, just hit me up. I'm always, always answering questions. Yeah. You're always never not on Instagram. I've noticed that. Yeah. You're well, always- no, I I figured out how to play it right. Is I'm, it shows I'm always on, but like, I'm not like always on it. Like I'll have like some of my other guys post stuff on it too, to keep the story relevant. <laughs> just keep the analytics rolling with it. Exactly. Well, Frank, I love you. I appreciate you. Let's get on Warzone at some point this week. Um, Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with us. Um, You know, everyone, if you're in New York, definitely check out Bull Creek Strategic. Um, Spend money with Frank. We always appreciate that. And uh, we'll catch you all later. So thank you for tuning in. Thanks, man. I appreciate your time and everything you guys do, man. Absolutely. See you soon.